0: How soon can I get to management? That's my next goal. And I made this revelation a couple of years ago, but like when I started at Bright Edge as an SDR, I was like, you no, know, I was ambitious and I was doing the math on like, hey, what would it take to get to AE as fast as possible? How many qualified opportunities is that? How many dials is that per day? What conversion rate do I need? And then I got to AE and I was like, awesome, how fast can I get to senior AE? And I did the math and I got there at Bright Edge and same thing at Gong. I came in as commercial. I got the senior commercial, mid-market. Now I'm senior mid-market. And newsflash, there's always a next role. There's always one title above. Even if you're CRO, even if you're CEO, you could be CEO at another company. You could be on a board. You could be even wealthier, whatever that looks like. I get it. Like You want to be ambitious and have your eyes on something next, potentially, that excites you. But like, my big reminder to myself is stay present, to your point, like in the current role and in the current journey too, because they'll always be a next and there's no time like now.
1: Welcome to the Rising Leader Podcast, bringing forth the new wave of rising leadership and helping leaders find purpose, connection, and results. This is your host, founder of Illuvians, Alex Kremer. All right, what is up? And welcome back to the Rising Leader Podcast. This is your host, Alex Kremer. And if this is your first time joining the show, we're so grateful to have you. It is Thanksgiving week, and I am actually here in Seattle at my mom's house smelling stuffing being cooked downstairs. So I'm in a very good state and an even better state because I have the amazing, the incredible, the really good-looking Mr. Brian Lamana. So first off, what's up, Brian? Good to see you, man.
0: Appreciate should have me and uh, grateful to be on the podcast. I'm also in a basement right now at my fiance's place. I smell some goodness uh, being cooked up above. So excited to be on with you.
1: Oh man, we're just soaking in the goodness of what Thanksgiving has to offer. So Brian, I'll give a little introduction on who you are, and then I'm going to let you fill in the gaps. So first off, you're an account executive at Gong right now. You are a four-time President's Club, going for your fifth time as we are here knee-deep in Q4. You're a featured thought leader on Sales Assembly. And one of my favorite things is just being able to receive what you had to give the world through your content and the stuff that you're posting on LinkedIn, the stuff you're doing with your outbound system, your discovery playbook, your LinkedIn creator playbook, which is just such great things for people to be able to learn what you have been learning as a sales professional, as a leader, and just someone who's committed to the craft, which I think is so badass there. We're going to get into it here on this conversation, talk about your journey and where you've gone to your view of leadership and even how you think about leadership being an up and coming. I'm going to pause there and first I'll say, how was my introduction? What did I miss? What's some goodness you can add to that there?
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it. From a professional side, yeah, at Gong, been there for two and a half years. I was at a different company before called Bright Edge, where I started as an SDR, worked my way up, got promoted to account executive and then senior account executive. And then from a personal side and creator side, outside of some of the content I put out on LinkedIn, also have a newsletter as well, but started that in January of this past year, just like creating out more evergreen content, like a newsletter and some of these like playbooks and frameworks and have had so much fun with it over the last 11 months. I appreciate you checking them out in the first place.
1: Hey, man, it's good. I'm on the receiving. I get that. Like, I actually do the notification for you. So every single time you post, I get a little like, hey, heads up, Brian just posted and I check it out there. But on that topic, I want to talk about a recent post you had. And I think it was either today or it was yesterday that you posted. The more followers you have, the more people your content will reach. The more reach your content has, the more impact you can have. And I found that and you call that we call that LinkedIn creator math. But I love that. And you've been posting online for how long now? How long have you been developing your brand for?
0: Yeah, since June of 2022. So about a little less than a year and a half.
1: Okay. Craziness. So you're a little less than that, and you've amassed over 40,000 followers now at this point, and you've developed in a really great way. But I think this post is why it's like, sure, getting more followers is great, and sure, there could be a dopamine hit, and that could feed one's ego if we allow it to. And there's positivity towards that. We obviously know there's things that could be negative with that too, but it's more about the impact that you're able to have. And I think that was so well said. That's the why. That's the reason why we're doing this and sharing what we know to be, what our unique message is just based on how we grew up. And so I would love to just first start there. It was like, you've been doing this path now for a year and a half. How did you start? Why did you start? What's been the journey as you've done that while also being an account executive at Gong?
0: (laughs) It's been, first off, I've just had an absolute blast doing it. I started at Gong in late 2021. And after being there for about six or seven months, I saw a lot of folks at my organization, really at the top folks like Amit Bendov, our CEO, and Udi, our CMO, and Sarah Brazier, and and many others that were creating and sharing content and honestly, just adding really valuable content to the greater sales community. I think oftentimes, especially if you're at a a company that's well funded and doing well and going up into the right you take for granted a lot of what you've learned it could be super super valuable to someone just getting started or isn't getting that same level of coaching training or enablement so i think i got a lot of my just passion for it in the first place seeing other people step out of their comfort zone be vulnerable and post and i started really slow i started posting about once a week Then second month, I did twice a week, then three times a week. I didn't start with some end goal in mind or, hey, here's what I'm going to scale this to or build the mission of. I just started with maybe what I've learned in my first four or five years in SaaS could be valuable to someone else out there. And if nothing else, LinkedIn will be like a public journal for my thoughts and my lessons along the way. So that's really what started since then. It's organically snowballed into a lot more. I still remember the beginning of January when I crossed 10,000 followers this year. I was like, oh my gosh, 10,000 followers. That's crazy. And to your point, I think my immediate reaction was no Brian, don't care about that. It's just a vanity metric. Keep just posting good content. Forget about the followers. So I took that stance for a couple of months. I started to realize as well that it is something that you should be proud of. And if you're gonna spend five, 10, 15 hours a week creating content that's valuable, that could help other sellers, I wanted to reach as many people as possible if I'm putting that time investment into it. And ultimately, the more people that follow you, the more impact the content you create is gonna be able to have. So That post was kind of a flip of the switch in my head that, hey, I can be proud of that. It's not anything and everything, that number. And it's not something I need to go back to daily or weekly. But it means more people are able to see my content at the end of the day, which is super exciting.
1: I view it very similar to even as a sales professional closing revenue, right? If you have a million dollar quota, let's say in one year and you get someone to close or you hit that one million dollar mark. That can be awesome. I made more money or now I get to be promoted. Or something like that very kind of self-oriented, how is this impacting me? But if you actually flip the switch on that, especially when you believe in the product that you're selling, the value you can give, hey, when I'm hitting quota a million or above, man, that's just simply a metric for the impact that I'm actually having on all my clients. It really makes me like, oh man, what would it look like for me to make $500,000 this year? And what if that wasn't so that I could just be feel a badass and, and feel like I'm worthy or worth something? But man, to be the person who gives $500,000 worth of value to people, to my clients, and to see how that impacts their clients or their families or their friends, that's when it actually really starts to change the feeling of, yeah, I'm going to work my ass off for this. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the work for this, for that specifically.
0: That's a great way of thinking about it. And I think there's not a ton of metrics that we can quantify our success with when we just write up a bunch of characters and hit posts. So that is one of them. And I got a direct message a couple of days ago from a guy that was interviewing at a bunch of different companies. And he sent me just a super nice message saying, Hey, Brian, been loving your content over the past six months. I've never reached out before, but I actually checked out Some of the interview questions that you recommended for me to ask that potential employer to make sure I'm getting paid the right amount of money, that I have a chance to hit attainment, that the culture is a right fit for me, things like that. And he was able to successfully weed out one company that he determined after that was not a fit. And his message was actually to me that he had just signed his offer the day previously and he'd been using that one pager throughout. So things like that, put goosebumps on your skin when you're on the couch reading your LinkedIn DMs, things like that. But those are the feel good stories that come as a result of what's aforementioned with just gaining uh, attention in the first place.
1: Those small DMs from people on how a post or something you put out impacted you. It's so small, but it's, oh yeah, it's like a breadcrumb of I'm on the right path. I'm doing the good things for you as and for me as the, the creator of it. And how long have you been in tech for seven years, six
0: years? Yeah, a little under six.
1: Okay. And for you to put out phenomenal content around outbound, around discovery, about interview questions, where have you learned all of this? Are you just a great student of the game? Did you have a really powerful mentor? Is it the fact that you work at a company like Gong that just, it's all about that? Like, where are you getting all this great information that you can then synthesize and put out
0: like this? My approach, how I started at my last company and then now Gong was to like, come in, no ego. Just an absolute sponge, like what worked at the prior company or even the prior role within that company might not make you successful in the next. It's just the acknowledgement that, hey, when you come in, you're the worst and that's totally fine, but you're going to be that work in progress that's going to get better each and every day. My approach has always been, I'll use the analogy of a super score if anyone had to ACT. But I want to learn like who's the best at math, who's the best at science, who's the best at reading and learn directly from them. So what that looked like in my role was discovery and prospecting and negotiation. And that's what I tried to use as my starting point of identifying the best of the best at these subtopics, learning directly from them, from listening to their calls, scheduling one-on-ones, asking them really thoughtful, great questions. And then over time, you start to make that your own and put your own flavor, your own spin on it once you have tried it out in the market and you've made little tweaks and little iterations. So I think a lot of I've learned, I guess anyone is the case, but I've learned it from other people that were really great at their craft. And once I started to put my own spin, my own narrative on it and found out what worked for me, my goal with everything I do is to systematize it. To make it even more efficient for someone like myself, if I notice there's a task I'm doing, like pre-call prep that I might have to do for three calls a day, for five calls a week, 15 times, I want to find out a way to do that smarter and more efficiently. So I'm going to do things like build out a framework for it or build out a template that's going to preload exactly the information I need for my pre-call prep as an example what I might have learned that from and those different components was from someone else, but I'm going to try to take it to the next level and systematize it into different frameworks that are repeatable, not only for myself, but hopefully for other sellers as well. Yeah. What
1: you're saying reminds me of when I was at Outreach back in 2018, when I was really supporting building out the SMB team and a lot of the People who were moving into that AE position were first-time closers. They had just been promoted up from an SDR role. And what I really enjoyed was teaching the foundations of how to be a great sales professional in the sales process, right? Things, how to frame a call, the different types of discovery, how to dig the pain hole, as we call it, how to position the problem, not just the product, how to handle a negotiation call, how to overcome an objection, different things along those lines. And when you, first off, I learned more from doing that as a leader than I could have ever done as a rep because when you're required to teach it, you begin to master it at a different level. So that was really fulfilling for me. But then when I would teach them and I would see them start to get it and just build it, and then once they clicked and they added their own flavor onto it, their own spin on how to actually frame a call versus just these are the four steps to it, it was like, ooh, That's what I'm talking about. Because the talk track, the script, the tactic, it's for sure important. But when it's integrated with the unique expression of that person and their own eccentricities, their weirdness, whatever makes them different, it's, oh, man, that that sounds really good. And that's what I hear you've been doing through your process there. And then you're teaching it just in a different way of teaching as opposed to a team.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so well said. I think like when you have to teach something and break down and distill what you're doing, like that's when you get to that level of mastery. The most I learned in my first three and a half years at my prior company, Bright Edge, were my last two months when I was actually going through a leadership training program to become an AE manager. I had to take on an AE as almost like a pretend like I was the manager. I had to coach their calls through gong. I had to listen to my own calls, break down why I was doing certain things and like distill it. That's when I grew the most because I had to just stop, pause, think about it, distill and articulate every single thing I was doing. And to your point, Alex, like the fun part is when you get that framework down and then you can add your own flavor onto it. Like those were like the proud smile across my face, like coaching moments when something I taught was leverage. But like, slightly differently, or they added their own twist onto it without breaking the goodness of the overall structure to it. That's when I was like, heck yeah, this is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Let me just keep on going this with this because you're an account executive there. You're two and a half years. You've now got this really strong brand that you're developing. You've got these courses that you've been putting out for people Before this call, you talked about, hey, it's November. I'm knee deep in trying to hit President's Club for the next time. And that's a really good path. But I'm curious, as you go along this path, do you feel called to just, hey, let me continue the IC account executive route and work my way up and manage the biggest deals you can find? Do you feel a resonance towards leadership and developing people? I know you posted, you know, recently that you'd gotten an opportunity to be a leader in the past that you ended up turning down. Or hey, I'm assuming when you're developing your brand like opportunities are opening up, paths are opening up, people are giving you opportunities to do something. So you could for sure go on your own if you wanted to. You just need to find out what the right thing is. I'm curious for someone in your state, how do you think about that there?
0: Yeah. Great question. I'll back up to what I shared in the last answer. When I learned the most for those two or three months going into becoming an AE manager and I ended up not becoming an AE manager and I left. I made the realization like two months in into training to be a manager. I was just 24 years old at the time. I'd only worked at one company. I was a, fortunate enough to be a very successful AE there, but I felt like I was getting promoted because I was the best AE, not that I was necessarily like ready to be a manager, like, a leader. To quantify this, I felt like I was a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 seller, but I wanted to get to a 10 out of 10 so dang bad. And I knew it probably wasn't going to be there. And I needed to get further training, coaching, development, and show I could apply what I do to another company and be successful there as well. So I actually made the jump to Gong, took a step back from mid-market enterprise type role into commercial and SMB to really just build up some of the foundations from the ground up. I've been doing that ever since for the last two and a half years. You're exactly right. Over the next two months, I am... Heads down, I want to make my fifth president's club so freaking bad. I've been working my tail off and I don't know if I'm going to make it. But if I don't, it's not going to be due to lack of effort or lack of hustle. I'm, I'm going to leave it all out on the field. So it's not like top of mind today, but it's probably something I'm going to start to think about in February, March, April. And candidly, would love to get your thoughts and mm-hmm. take on it as well. But I think previously, I'd always thought, wow, it'd be so fun to be a chief revenue officer or a VP of sales, like designing an org, scaling it. Bringing on team members, running processes, tech stack the way you want it to. And I think what I grew appreciation for over the last two years in a pretty tough macro environment is that in these tougher environments, You'd probably rather be an individual contributor where you have full control of your destiny and will. I was able to exceed quota in in every quarter because I'm able to do everything in my control versus leadership. There's just a lot more out of your control in terms of like people management and macro and other factors as well. So I think I was able to appreciate both sides more. And now I'm a little bit split 50-50 on if I do want to make that jump into leadership down the road or continue with uh, an individual contributor type lens.
1: It's a very interesting crossroads because I compare it to myself, it's like when in 2018, I ended up moving to a leadership role at Outreach. And when I moved into that role, my goal is, yo, I'm just going to work my way up. I'm going to be the VP of sales and then I'm going to be a CRO and then I'm going to be a CEO. And I just was like, that's just the path, work my way up. And for a long time, that, that vision, that goal stoked a fire in me, really lit me up. And what's been very interesting, at least even on my personal journey, is like to see how that what sparked me back in 2018, 2019 doesn't maybe excite me as much. Because agreed, when you look at these CROs, I report to a CRO and I'm a sales leader in today's market. Like, I don't even know if I call it stressful. It's like hard. It's really hard. There is a lot of stuff that's outside of your hands. And I think right now, especially within tech and within corporate, it's a very unique inflection point of how are these organizations run because what motivated sales teams and people in before pre-2020 is a lot different than what motivates people now. I think what I'm seeing from sales professionals now more than ever is they're wanting a greater sense of, they want more meaning in what they do. They want fulfillment. And fulfillment doesn't just come from having your W-2 look really that. That's a wonderful thing, right? And that provides us with great opportunities. But if people are doing that and sacrificing purpose and, and just goodness, wholesomeness, I don't think people are really accepting that as much as they used to. For someone who moves into a sales leadership role, and if you were to do, yes, you've done a great job of systematizing processes and teaching people how to be a great sales professional, which is a table stakes foundational piece. And, and I'm assuming you do it very well and would have an opportunity to, to give that to others. But then there's that other piece of, okay, but what is being asked of our sales leaders in today's age? <laughs> what what are sales teams even looking for is the question I keep asking myself.
0: I love the call. I, I don't know if I've ever thought about it that way, but I, I can't agree more that like people are less willing to sacrifice. I think credit, be delicate here, but credit COVID for making people understand and realize a lot of what Brings them fulfillment and enjoyment and just getting perspective on things. I think it was a small example, but prior to COVID, I'd probably worked 60 hours a week would commute there and back. I would sacrifice. I would never work out during the week because I didn't have time. From when I woke up to commuting there to commuting back, there just wasn't time to exercise and do very basic things that now to me are like absolute non-negotiables for spending time with family, for being able to take calls in my fiance's basement a week in Michigan versus having to be in office because I want to spend time with family this week as well during Thanksgiving. So things like that, that I think have, have definitely grown appreciation for. And I think that's a consideration with any type of leadership role. Like they're going to be hard, they're going to be challenging, but I want to make sure what fulfills me outside of work as well as is not sacrificed in any way for a greater W-2 or a greater title or a greater resume or LinkedIn, things like that.
1: This episode is brought to you by Alluvians. Alluvians is helping sales professionals and sales leaders master the craft of sales by transforming the inner game. Last year, we threw over four retreats and helped over 150 tech sales professionals, leaders, and founders. And next, we got it going on May 3rd through 5th in the beautiful Austin, Texas area. So make sure you apply to alluvians.co to check it out for more. Do you today mentor and teach and coach sales reps at Gong? Yes. Okay. I guess what's that like for you? Do you enjoy doing that? Like when you teach somebody how to run the initial meeting, let's just hypothetically say that, what is the impact that has on you when you do that?
0: I run mentorship and like training, similarly to how I try to think about, A lot of stuff of like, how can I scale out what I'm doing to as many people as possible? Mm -hmm. I do one-to-one mentor, one individual, but you're just going to have limited time as a seller. And I want to be able to impact more than just one seller at Gong, but like a greater and a broader org. So what I started doing a year ago was... I found areas within my process, within my cycle that I felt were crisp and coachable and repeatable. And I basically recorded videos on Zoom. I uploaded them to Gong, but I created like a resource file. Here's a 10 minute video on how Brian runs his pilot process. Here's a 10 minute video on how Brian runs his negotiation. So when sellers might come to me with a question, I can point them towards that resource first and say, hey, why don't you give that a listen? And if there's additional questions, if there's things specific to your role in mid market or your role as an SDR and enterprise, then let's schedule 15, 20 minutes and we can go even deeper into it like a layer past that. So I try to build out more like repeatable evergreen type content especially that I can do outside of hours that's easily shareable just to be able to protect some of my time as well especially if it's more of a simple question or a simple ask versus scheduling 30 minutes but it makes me feel awesome I met with one one individual this morning that's running her first ever pilot at Gong where she's going to have a customer try out our forecast product for a set duration and it's a little bit of a unique situation with that customer. And she watched that video first, had additional questions on it, and wanted to get my thoughts on what types of sessions to do during it, like if they should do a spiff or a competition, how to get the reps fired up about forecasting, just things like that were next level. And it's awesome. It made my day getting to do that this morning and talk through something strategically that candidly, I'd never even had to do in my two and a half years here.
1: Yeah. Cool to hear you speak of, because as a sales leader today who manages AEs, you're the exact type of person who I'd want on my team. (laughs) Because one of the things I always say to all the ICs is, hey, just because you don't have the title doesn't mean you're not a leader. And that's even the purpose of this podcast here. Yes, leaders sometimes have the actual title. A lot of leaders, actually a majority of them don't. (laughs) And they're the (laughs) ones who people are actually following. But you're someone who is being intentional and making it so that You're giving back to the rest of your team. And one thing I just want to acknowledge, too, about you, you turned down the manager role at Bright Edge because what I heard from you is, hey, I'm not done learning. There's still more for me to master the craft of. And I hear from so many ICs, especially, hey, how soon can I get to management? and they're a year and a half in the role and they had two good quarters. It's like, hey, absolutely, keep on going. I love the hunger for it. But there is something to be said of first gaining the experience, but specifically, it's cool. When you get put into that role, how effective are you going to be? And yes, you can be effective even just through talking to it and being it, but if you actually have experience of doing it yourself. And through hey, she came to you with this pilot question, that's probably because you've ran multiple pilots, and you've seen different stakeholders, different use cases, different problems, blockers, all that sort of stuff that you've just had to learn. And that wisdom right there is able to be provided because of the years that you've been dedicated to this.
0: It's exactly that. And it's been a lot of fun getting to just like coach and mentor, like different people throughout the years. And I think at Gong, like any growing, scaling org, there's constantly new folks coming in that are going to turn to and use the same playbook I try to leverage, right? To learn from the best at what they do best. So it's a compliment. And it's amazing at the end of the day to, for someone to want to pick your brain on a topic or, or get your unique thoughts on it the...
1: As you are making your decision on continue to IC or move to leader, one thought I've always shared with people who are considering this is like, when are the times when you feel the most present. The times where you get lost in what you're actually doing. And is it, hopefully it's with your family or your partner too, that brings you a lot of joy. But sometimes after a while of being in sales, if you're going through another demo at times or you're getting lost and it's okay, I'm thinking, but if, for me at least, when I found myself get lost in the present moment was when I was teaching somebody something like being a teacher and and I had a whiteboard and I had a marker and teaching somebody. That was when I just was like, this is what I love. And I got to figure out how to do this a lot more. And so I I think of that for you as you're thinking about what's my journey look like.
0: Yeah. It's such great advice to like for your reps or folks that are coming to you saying, Hey Alex, how soon can I get to management? That's my next goal. And I made this revelation a couple of years ago, but like when I started at bright edge as an SDR, I was like, I was ambitious and I was doing the math on like, hey, what would it take to get to AE as fast as possible? How many qualified opportunities is that? How many dials is that per day? What conversion rate do I need? And then I got to AE and I was like, awesome. How fast can I get to senior AE? And I did the math and I got there at Bright Edge and same thing at Gong, I came in as commercial. I got to senior commercial, mid-market. Now I'm senior, mid-market. And newsflash, there's always a next role. There's always one title above. Even if you're CRO, even if you're CEO, you could be CEO at another company, you could be on a board, you could be even wealthier, whatever that looks like. I get it. Like you want to be ambitious and have your eyes on something next potentially that excites you. But like my big reminder to myself is stay present to your point, like in the current role and in the current journey too, because there will always be a next and there's no time like now.
1: So let me ask you this. So we've talked about two potential options for you that you could continue to advance your career. Continue to go the IC route, develop as a great sales professional. You can go the sales leader route and work your way up to being president of the world. Or you got the third option, right? We've t- talked about it a little bit earlier, you developed a great brand. You've got people are paying money for some of your content and your systems that more people are buying, them. like they're adding a lot of value. Have you thought about that and going that route? You see so many people, taking that journey. I myself have taken that journey and I'm going, my side gig is turning into my full-time gig. Have you thought about going that
0: route? I have. I'll caveat with a lot of people at Gong will will come to me and say, Hey, when are you going to leave? When are you starting your own thing? And my answer always is, I'm not, I love Gong. I plan to stay here, plan to continue to sell. So I think it's a lot of people's like natural inkling when they see the other stuff you're creating online and how much enjoyment and fun it's having. But like honest between me, you and every listener out there, like I freaking love selling. Like I love selling SaaS for whatever reason. It does bring me enjoyment. It does bring me a lot of passion outside of just the W-2. So like it's crossed my mind in terms of something I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years from now is maybe when I want that like more flexibility just from a lifestyle and getting to be even more present if I have children or whatever that looks like farther out. But like for now, like I, I get a ton of enjoyment selling. I think I have a lot of different interesting paths, whether it's continuing to stay as an IC, different IC roles at Gong or sales leadership down the route. I think for me, it's like at least a decade plus out, but never say never. I think it's silly not to consider something like that. If you can earn enough from doing something that provides you more freedom and life to do the things that you may like even more than selling SaaS, it's definitely worth a consideration. But at the same time, I think it keeps me really sharp for like, when I'm writing my newsletter, when I'm creating content, I'm on the front lines every single day, like all the sellers that I'm speaking with and interacting with. And I felt the pain over the last year, of things that I hadn't commit get shot down by a CFO, because I put forward a 27 page Slide business deck instead of something more CFO friendly. It's just things like that have shifted and evolved. I've been able to stay potentially tighter in the loop, just being on the front line. It does play nicely at the same time with some of what I'm creating outside of Gong specifically.
1: There is something to be said about you being a practitioner. It adds a level of credibility. It adds a level of I'm still getting rejected every once in a while too. <laughs> I feel your pain.
0: Commonly, seventy <laughs> percent of the time, at least. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a pretty good batting average of hitting 300, though. I'll tell you what.
0: <laughs> That's the perspective I try to take when I turn two or three deals closed lost in a short week.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's expand this here a little bit. This is actually one of my favorite questions to just ask people to see just what they come up with in the answer. If you had to think of yourself of your career, of what you could be doing, what do you view as something that I call it your impossible moment? your the moment you're going to be like wow like i'm doing that like that's even bigger than what i thought i could really be doing here you, the impossible moment and if you really allow yourself to go hey what could you do right you're putting out great content your heart's in a really good place you're a student to the craft you're still hungry to learn and get better if you really did this what could Brian Lamont really become?
0: (laughs) It's such a great question. Just expands your imagination and your goal. It reminds me of a perspective I try to take often is typically when you start something new and put yourself out of your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. your first inkling is like, what if this fails? What if this just totally flops? But it's good to think of the alternative to what if this goes like five times better than I could ever freaking imagine right now. In that similar vein, I'm spitballing here on the fly. Did not know this question was coming in advance, like all the others. As I was well as just it. feeling
1: into it. I was like, oh, this is, I'm, I want to know what Brian's answer.
0: I, I think starting my own company, like in SaaS, I, I've always had an entrepreneurial aspect and like passion. I ever since I I took an entrepreneurship class in high school. And it was my favorite teacher that I just loved and got me really excited about it. That's what got me to want to be a business major in the first place. And I think that's a lot of those aspects is why I love the creator stuff on the side of a newsletter and different content and, and thinking strategically that way. So I think almost merging what I'm doing now at Gong of like, a SaaS and software and selling. With a lot of the skills I'm learning on the side of just like creating a website and building out content and email marketing, like I'm learning a lot of good skills that could potentially help if I was a founder and did have that light bulb moment with a new idea for a software or SaaS. If it was the right idea and I was super passionate about it, like I would absolutely go for it. I just wouldn't need like a lot of conviction behind that idea in the first place. Spoiler alert, I do not have that idea currently. (laughs) So I think that's one aspect. Or outside of that, just, I don't know. I'm loving every moment. And I think even if you would have asked me like a year ago, like where I'm at today versus a year ago, is like a totally new, totally different Brian and like all the absolute best ways. So it's hard for me to imagine sometimes like what the next year or, or 2025 or 2026 could even bring.
1: I could see you starting your own company especially a tech company and just building that thing up. But I think tech, I'm really excited to see how it evolves and where it evolves into. It's such an interesting question to ask people because I've heard so many different types of answers. Like I had uh, somebody one time tell me, I'm drinking a pina colada on a castle I own right on a cliff. (laughs) That's my, wow, I'm doing, I got to that. And then I had somebody else tell me, I'm meeting with the president of the United States to talk about education reform across our entire country. And it's damn, like there's value and sometimes when you speak through your impossible moment to hear what other people are really going for and, and to be in community with other people who are visionaries, who are, are very goal oriented and think big, because sometimes when you hear them, I still remember when I, I was at with a buddy and we both got asked the impossible moment question. And he was one who said the meeting with the president of the United States to impact education reform. And right before that, I had shared mine, which I thought it was good, but he got done. And I was like damn, I'm not thinking big enough. <laughs> like, what could be really possible? And I think that's what I just, I think you should be thinking like that because you got something good to give.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. It's good to hear the perspective too. Not the, I don't love my answer that it wasn't right, but yeah, like why not think bigger too than outside the corporate world of what I'm truly passionate about and what could truly impact outside of just software and SaaS and, and things of that nature. Maybe some good homework for me to do as a follow-up. Yeah.
1: There you go. I have one more question here for you, if that's all right. But before I ask that question, I just want to acknowledge you and just appreciate you, man. It's really good having you on just the podcast and to be able to hear how you think you talk about being able to, you like systematizing and the frameworks of it. And I see how you think about things and it comes out in a very easily digestible way through both your words, as well as your content online. And I just really also acknowledge you for way to make impact. It's meaningful impact that you're providing to other people. And one of the reasons why I asked you to even be on the show, you can tell it's coming from a good spot. I just try to do good. So just way to be a leader within that and I just appreciate I I learned a lot from you just through what you're doing here
0: gratitude straight back to Alex that's cool as well anyone listening out there at 14 15 months ago when I probably had 5,000 followers posted twice a week and had no idea what I was doing on social Alex was reaching out over LinkedIn commenting on my posts gassing me up and even offered to spend 30 minutes with me and just get me some overall like feedback and coaching on what i was doing and has continually offered to be just like an amazing resource it just shows that it doesn't matter to you or obviously to me as well like how large someone's presence or following is you're in it for all the right reasons and that shows every single day so appreciate, I appreciate you appreciate that
1: I appreciate that here is my final question for you my friend and then i'll let you embark on some potential thanksgiving festivities so this show is called the rising leader podcast obviously I'm curious from your perspective, what do you view as the rising leader?
0: I view someone as in terms of a rising leader, like someone that's ambitious and forward looking, but as they embark on their own career and their own journey, they're consistently giving back to others at each and every step along the way. One, to your point earlier, likely only sharpens your own skills and helps with your own mastery of things when you have to teach and you have to lead and you're doing that by example. But uh, it's also just fulfilling for you along the way for each person you're able to mentor or coach or even one-off interactions.
1: Said Brian, thank you so much. If people want to get a hold of you or follow you, what what is the best way to do so?
0: LinkedIn.com. I can search my name, feel free to connect with me or shoot me a follow and can message me as well. Always excited to connect with folks that are in tech sales, trying to break into tech sales, aren't in tech sales, but something that I shared today adds value to what they're doing in their personal life or career. And I definitely welcome it.
1: Yeah. And you got a newsletter too. I think I saw more than 7,000 people are on that newsletter. So be one of those lucky people and hear directly from Ryan yourself. Brian, thank you so much, my friend. And for everybody who listened to this show, if you know somebody who needs to hear it, Shoot along to them or hit subscribe just to get notified on Future Pods. But Brian, brother, thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Rising Leader Podcast. Make sure you hit that follow button so you get notified every time a new episode releases. If you know someone who wants to take their lives and their career to the next level, send them this episode so we can all rise together. For more information, check out alluvians.co. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, keep letting it flow. This episode is brought to you by Alluvians. Alluvians is helping sales professionals, sales leaders, and founders master the craft of sales by transforming the inner game. In the past 12 months, we've thrown four retreats and impacted over 100. Tech sales, leaders, founders I'm not just getting better at the craft, but really working on the inner game, gaining clarity on their vision, and also overcoming what's holding them back. The best part is you'll be doing it in an incredible community of high performers who are also trying to do the exact same thing. Our next immersion is going to be this May 3rd through 5th in the beautiful Austin, Texas, and make sure you check out alluvians.co to apply there. Can't wait to see you.